This isn't just a college football game. Number one Clemson visits number four Notre Dame. And here come the Irish. This is the paw print versus solid gold. Dabo versus Kelly. My name is Fire, Fury, Power. My name is Tyron Williams. Isn't just a college football game. Touchdown! This is TC and Jake. Hello, hello, welcome in. This is It's Just Banther. Top podcast, certainly in Dallas. I don't know of any better in Texas. I uh, I feel like I've been able to be free and easy with my opinions about Joe Rogan. I I think a lot about it's uh, Josh here. It's not. Oh Jay. hi, it's Josh. I'm going with J names. I don't want to say this because I don't want people. So like, I'll just I'll say it was J names plus one, so that anyone hearing this that might be offended would imagine that it's the plus one, mm-hmm. that they're the plus one, and they are. But I was going, I was thinking, I spent a lot of time thinking about what if I won the lottery. Yeah. And uh, I was thinking who who's definitely getting payouts, and that was when I noticed that uh, all 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 my best dudes got J names. Just Sorry, Mike. About. No, no, no. He's the pl- or yeah. He might be the plus one. Yeah, I said. Yeah, 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 yeah. A bunch of J's plus plus one. Yeah, man, that's tough because I can think of a lot of non-J names that could be that plus one right now. They're and all, all gonna, of them are all gonna right. be fighting. They're all right. No, you're just gonna put that the plus one money in like a mud pit. Yes, and have them fight. No, it out. I'm gonna I'm gonna do money for a lot of the people who don't have J names, but. We got tears. Okay. Yeah. So it'll get something. Yeah. Something yeah. good. But yeah, um, so yeah, it's Josh, who also has a J name, so it's not that big of an adjustment for anyone. <laughs> you probably won't notice the difference. It's the guy with the J name. Can't be, you know, whatever. He's fucking, he's a white. Yeah. Able, um, able to grow a beard. It's all the same. Uh, and so I was... Uh, I bet, like, I, I think a lot about people in the r- orbit of Joe Rogan, like how distorting that that must be. Because if you do, like, if Joe Rogan says I like this guy, then like your life changes. Yeah, entirely. Like, if if he, you know, if if we were, if if it's just banter, we're even like mentioned on his show. I, I assume that that would change our audience pretty drastically, just because. You're talking about so many people listening to Joe Rogan. I mean, I don't mm-hmm. know what the numbers are, but it's like multiple millions, right? It's right. like bigger than, I mean, whatever the, the certainly in like raw numbers of people, whatever it was to get on Carson, it's a much more life-changing thing at this point to be mentioned positively on Joe Rogan's show. Yeah, and because it's like, it it lasts forever now. It, yeah. If he mentions it, anyone who revisits it at any point in time, that is in forever. Whereas like Carson even Had to be wasn't around TV for reruns right or anything. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, just the, I, like if there was someone who if I were nice to them, it would make my life forever better. I, I, I don't think I'd ask myself a bunch of questions about whether or not I fully agreed with the rigorousness of all of their conclusions. You know <laughs> right, what I mean? Right, like right, you'd right. be a fucking idiot. To, uh, to do that. And so I think a lot about that, but I've always been like, 
well, but it, I don't have to work. Like I can be honest about him. And I, uh, I can be honest about it. Like I, the only reason I have an opinion on him is because I listen to his stuff at decent amount. Mm. To the to an extent that some people around me find quite annoying. They don't, you know, <laughs> a lot of people don't like it. Whenever you're like, well, I heard on Rogan, uh, but I've heard a lot of stuff on Rogan. Um, but you know, some of it I do. Like, there's definitely times that uh, his approach frustrates me, and I've felt like I can be honest about that because. I don't have to worry. Like, I'm just never getting in, like, my life's never going to change, you know? Like, it's always just going to be right here. Uh, (laughs) Joe's never going to say your name on the podcast. (laughs) Yeah. And I've I've felt like, I have felt a certain amount of creative freedom because, or, you know, just around being able to express Joe Rogan opinions. Mm -hmm. Um, But then I found out, and I don't. I'm. I. I hope that he listens. Uh, Joe. And I. No. Not. Not Joe. (laughs) Um. But uh. And I don't want him to think it's weird. But I know that he's not going to use his. I don't want him to use his one opportunity to uh, rub shoulders with the rich and famous to uh, to promote me. I. I. That's not how I am. I'm not like that. You know. It's fine. This is not a petition. Yeah, but if, you know, maybe he would on his, maybe what he wants to spend his time with Joe Rogan on is talking about me. Maybe. Maybe. Know, maybe. You're an interesting guy. I certainly think so. Uh, but uh, Brick is friends with Joe Rogan now. Okay. They're like best buds. Okay. Because of meat? Because of meat. Yeah, yeah. Brick, Brick mates, top quality meats. He sold them around the Austin area. And now they're, now they're buds. So now it's Beef like. Beef buddies. What if what if what if they what if what if Brick does say, "Hey Joe, you got to check this out," and then the first thing Joe hears is me being like, "That guy, he's got an unscientific approach sometimes." Well, maybe then he'll want to have you on the show to prove you wrong. I listen to the show enough to know that's not how <laughs> he's he's not gonna get fired up and be like, "I got to put this guy in his place." He's not gonna Keith Olbermann you. That tends not to be Joe's program. Is my and I mean I don't listen to every single one, or even that close. He puts out a lot of podcasts. Yeah, yeah, and they're long. So now we got to watch what we say about Joe Rogan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I do like how all, long all of are. all of his. What are what is the Joe Rogan army of listeners called? Do they have like a name? I don't know. Roganites, Roganers. No, I don't, I'm I'm not familiar. I don't think he has a coined term. Maybe that's your in. Maybe you figure out a coined term and you pitch it to him. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess I, I guess you'd have to. Like I, on all of it, I just want to be like, I don't want to participate. I don't want to. I don't need to. Like, I just don't want to suck up to anyone. You know, <laughs> uh, he probably he gets that. Yeah. Uh, but like with him, it's like. You, you have to, you know, like <laughs> how fucking dumb are you? You just want to leave millions on the table? <laughs> like there's an amount of money. Like I, you know, if it was like literally like suck my dick, I'd be like, yeah, I'd, I'd, I've been thinking about it. I'd probably like, that's always the canonical example, but like, it's just not that big a deal. I don't think. So if Joe Rogan dick. wanted you to suck his dick, you'd but I'm do saying it. I think I would. Like if if it was like an Uber to the airport, or like I could just suck someone's dick. Like I, it's like fifty bucks to get to the airport. <laughs> what do I give a shit? Who cares? Well, I don't. I don't care. Uh, yeah. 
I mean, that's that's your modern. I could save that fifty state. bucks and spend it on something that I do care about. Like, <laughs> I would definitely. I don't know. Just, I mean, and it's probably not that hard. You're probably pretty good at it. Just even because you've had it, you, you know what you like. Yeah, that's probably the best. You know, I don't uh, care whether or not it's good. Oh, you don't take pride in your work. No. <laughs> well, how are you going to get those extra bucks? Those those subscribers those those return customers it's all transaction you know i mean like if you don't want like you don't have to care whether or not your uber driver likes you there's enough other uber drivers okay believe me some people care i i mean everyone does most normal humans feel some amount of pressure for the other person oh yeah i want people to like me yeah most people feel that not all of them not all of them. I had a lady yell at me the other day. Did I tell that on the podcast? I can't remember. When's the last time we did a show? With me? No. <laughs> you, you guys did. Uh, the last one was Jake was telling the Uber story about the Christian rock album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or yeah. the Christian so rock I did, album. So I did tell about the lady yelling at me. Yeah. So it's all out there. Yeah, we did two last week. Yeah, you were kicking butt. It was briefly, like old times. Briefly looked like. Things are just going to be great from here on out. Now here we are. We're going to have zero Jake episodes this week. Um, I do have another one uh, scheduled. I know it's Friday and we haven't released anything, but mm-hmm. we will get to two this week because people will recall my impassioned speech on the machine episode about how I swore that we would never have a week without two. Next week is going to be tough, which is one reason why I have to be so serious about this week because we're going to, uh, you, and, you and me are going to go see Notre Dame, Ohio State. Yep. And Shane Gillis. That's right. He's also going to see Notre Dame, Ohio State. We're not probably going to see them together. We're not going to be seating in the same area. He's probably going to be on the field. He was for the last game that the three of us went yep. to. But you and I were he was already on the field, closer to the field. Then. And then we had to storm the field to go try to shake his hand. Yeah. That's why we ran on the field. Yeah. Wasn't for Clemson getting their ass kicked. Yeah, I guess if we, I mean, you probably couldn't have scoped them out because no. you're blind. But I probably, if I'd really like, you know, stared over the sidelines. But maybe he would have seen me from across the field and it would have just cracked him up so much to see a blind guy running full speed across Is that the biggest <laughs> the field. thing you've jumped? That was a, it was a fun, so we, we went to the Clemson-Notre Dame game and we just fucking kicked their ass uh so that was deemed to be field storming worthy and we were in like the fourth row which like that was a whole fun family drama how that ended up (laughs) yeah my aunt and i have been uh you know dueling with knives over uh how the dib system is handled for the family season tickets and her argument is uh, <laughs> that I don't pay anything and that she does. And my what argument are... is, but I get my way. <laughs> okay? I'm a very likable person. That's what comes out on this podcast. I like the football team more. I mean, I do. <laughs> it's about, like, this it's about is who the, deserves like, it. I started this in like seventh grade, like going, <laughs> like using these tickets. And like, you know, we've established a bit of a system over time the system is that i get what i want (laughs) and uh you You guys don't recent entry into being part of the funding that doesn't seem to me like it should upend decades of history isn't she just fine with all the low stakes games 
I mean, I don't know. She doesn't know where these fucking teams are ranked. She doesn't know whether it's low stakes or high stakes. Uh, but uh, we were able to solve all this. She she got the she got what she wanted. So for all the people being like, it's fucked up that TC would do that whenever she's the one paying. She got the seats. She got to use them mm-hmm. for that game. But uh, post pandemic, the attendance I demanded cratered. I guess I, I assume that's what's happening. Like, because it used to be that just it was incredibly difficult to get tickets. Yeah. Uh, and now. Or maybe a lot of the old season ticket holders died. Yeah, because of the pandemic. Yeah. Um, they uh, they now make it so that if you have the season tickets, if you want to get extra seats to a game, it's now very, very easy. And whenever you buy the extra seats, you can just, like, pick whatever. So our season tickets are not you know, like uh, on the field or anything. Mm-hmm. But in this particular instance, because I had the early access thing, I just, I bought, you know, the four that were closest to the field. So they were like the fourth row. They're very close to the field. This is the closest I've ever been at a football game. It was pretty tight. It was pretty tight. Uh, Pac-12 is great for if you're trying to get close and not pay a bunch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the people of the Northwest or the people of the, the West in general have no interest in football, which I think is contributing to the uh, decline of that. The, of that the erosion of the whole structure. But yeah, uh, Justin and I, uh, we went to, he has Seahawks season tickets. And so we were trying to find what's a time then that the Seahawks and the University of Washington are playing at the same time. So we could go and do a weekend out of that. We did that twice. It was great. We should, we needed to do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then getting the University of Washington tickets, we were like, all right, so what's what's the deal here? And I think it was like $100 even to sit on the front row. <laughs> <laughs> to see Josh Rosen's UCLA team. <laughs> were you just sitting Jake next Browning. to some moms? Some moms of players. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, so, yeah, so that, that was great. But no, you, uh, I, I had to scramble to, to put something together, not to, you know, I mean, like, if I needed to schedule you six months in advance, I'd do it to get, yeah. a, to get a mind like yours. <laughs> okay. You're just uh, lucky that I was available. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> um, and, uh, and you texted me, what are we going to talk about? And I said, you know what we're going to talk about. <laughs> yeah, I knew there must be only one topic on this man's mind in this month. You swore that you would remember. <laughs> I did, I did. We all made a solemn pledge that we would never forget. Uh, my aunt, my most patriotic aunt, which is a bit of a competition, but my uh, dad's sister wins it. Without, you know, she's, she's, in, she's invested in winning it, and she does. Uh, of most patriotic aunt and uh we were with her on 910 and she had on a shirt that said uh something along the lines of like for those who dare to remember which like that just seems like if you're looking for a pat on the back <laughs> for that like you didn't go to war it's like, like but maybe she's saying that most people you know they, no they wake up they wake up the morning of 911 and their phone like reminds them and they're like oh yeah uh, yeah, see, I didn't forget. And she's saying, the day before, I start remembering. 
when all you people still aren't ready to. But it's not like yet. the shirt was a specifically a nine ten remembers <laughs> shirt. You could wear it any day. I'm just saying that like daring to like there's like if you are at war, someone's trying to stop you. You know, like it it does take bravery to go and face the bullets of an enemy. Uh, no one's trying to stop her from remembering nine eleven. She doesn't have to dare to do it. <laughs> she could. She's free and easy. Welcome to remember nine eleven. But because she was wearing on nine ten, it, it implied to me she probably has a different nine eleven shirt. Like she has so yeah, many nine eleven shirts. Not, that's not the one that she busts that burning out for the it on nine ten is just not a big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I didn't hang out with her on nine eleven, but I wish I had. What was she wearing on nine nine? I I only saw her a couple times last week. Like, did she the, do a whole week? Like, she got 11 shirts. She starts September she 1st. She might. And she just builds it and up. She might have 365, but... <laughs> and then there's the special one for 9-11. Yeah. God, it, I wish I would have... I mean, if that was her... It's like a half Giants, half Jets jersey. Uh-huh. And instead of, like, it's... Instead of being no, number 11, like, on the back, it's the Twin Towers as the as the numerals. That'd be tight. And the front is number nine. Yeah. Maybe uh, instead of Giants and Jets, like uh, how the, like the, how Mark Cuban had the Mavericks football jersey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, one for the uh, the police departments. There you go. Yeah, jerseys, yeah, yeah. Police, police and fire jerseys. NYPD. Yeah. Softball Association. Yeah. Um. Now we don't got to talk about it the whole time, but I, I just we'd never properly cataloged on the podcast. I don't believe I've just always. So I started to get into it when we already did the podcast episode about it. You know, mm. I summed up my getting into it there. Um, well, I was we were kind of promised on that podcast that we were about to get like a series. Like there was about to be some deep dives. I was just more <laughs> saying that I'm sure I'll get around to reading about it more, and that's what I've done. That's okay. So the, don't accuse me of not fulfilling the promise. I'm doing it <laughs> we're right doing now. We're doing it right now. Um, but yeah, I, I just the the true and on episodes were good. They were just a great starting place. You know, you want to kind of. Like just as far as like being able to air all the arguments, kind of get out all the points. It was great stuff. You're trying to get a comprehensive, just view. know where to start. Yeah, and that's that's a lot of what it was, you know. Like especially the stuff about like the the structure of the building on the day that that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It was kind of like all right, they're throwing a bunch of claims at me, and I kind of know that I need to just sort of bookmark these and go back to them. Mm -hmm. you know and kind of like take these piece by piece over time and now i've just kind of started that journey and uh it was <coughs> excuse me whenever i listened to it though i was i was starting to run some of this stuff by you and uh you informed me that uh you were actually pretty familiar with a lot of the <laughs> a lot of the points <laughs> Uh, because you know, you, you'd sort of been, uh, in the thick of engineers interested in this thing. So I don't oh, know yeah. if you want to. So when nine 11 happened, I was working with my dad and my uncle's engineering firm, civil and structural engineers. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, we had afterwards, there wasn't a lot of work going on. <laughs> kind of the world stopped doing work for it was less building. a while. <laughs> yeah, it kind of put a pause on building. So What's you'd be the in point? The office. <laughs> Someone's just going to fucking knock it down in a couple of weeks. Um, and everyone on the news and stuff was already talking about 
like how this happened and different engineers were already on like CNN and stuff like that, talking about like what the structure was and how a plane could knock the buildings down and all that type of stuff. And um, so there were a lot of engineering discussions inside of the office about just like how the structure worked, what kind of connections the different uh, horizontal and vertical members were using in order to have the building held together. Um, and your uh, your dad and your uncle, you would say that they could possibly be described at times as having a bit of an obsessive bent to them. Oh yeah, I think it's part of is part of being an engineer. You have to have a little bit of that in you, you know. So you think they have a little bit of that? Yeah. Well, maybe maybe my dad more than my uncle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, um, and you know, if if you tie it in with a uh, a little a little dash of bipolar uh manic stage in there then you, you can you can get a good witch's brew of uh trying to figure stuff out he can figure some stuff out <laughs> i love thinking about your dad figuring things out <laughs> i think he he can i mean you know i don't think i have any of the bipolar mania stuff but you know the, the it's also associated with autism yeah yeah the uh the obsessive focus at times and my my dad back in when like asperger's was a thing because uh we w- weren't worried about nazis mm-hmm. um he he had been is he that why they changed it yeah i don't think that's why they changed it i think so i thought that it was just that it wasn't an entirely useful distinction i could be wrong i'm kind of talking out my ass um but yeah, he was diagnosed with Asperger's. I just feel like there's like, you know, you've got the whole spectrum and there's, uh, it just sort of gave people an inroad to being like, all right, fine. I am on the spectrum, but I'm at the good end. <laughs> well, I think even at that and point, I just it wasn't even like, like a spectrum. It was like, you have full on autism or you just got a little dusting of Asperger's. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I just don't think that that's that useful a distinction to make. Like, like, you know, everyone yeah. can tell, like, you know, if, if you're the kind where like, I remember, uh, I think I helped some kids in gym class who they identified as autistic and they were like, just the, like, couldn't talk rocking back and forth kind of deal. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, obviously there's a lot of people for whom I th- think that the term applies that, that that's not, so yeah. like, you know, having a word for that, I guess, is helpful. But, you know, I don't, there's just a lot more varieties and gradients than that, I think. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And so it's kind of limiting to just be like, you have to either be Asperger's or autistic. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm, that's, I thought that's why they got rid of it, not a woke left crusade. Well, yeah, yeah, they did, they did make it, the new translation was that it was this broad spectrum of autism or neurodiversity yeah. as now. Because I don't even know if we can just say people are autistic anymore. Yeah. You can Uh, say anything on this show. Yeah, on this show. Um, No, as an aside, my favorite uh, manic, my dad trying to solve the universe um, time from my childhood was he had like a existential crisis after the Hubble Deep Field came out. Okay. And because he's a young... You have to explain that a little bit more to me. He's a young earth creationist. Yeah, you know, so he thinks <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, only six thousand years old. You know, he's done the timeline from he the Bible. Rules. He's figured it out. How come you won't let me meet him? <laughs> um, and uh, so there's no way it could go as good as whenever I met Justin's dad. That was awesome. I think <laughs> I I might have met him a couple times. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I met him a couple times for this, but one of the first times I got to spend an extended around amount of time around him, 
uh, he spent the entire evening of Justin's like engagement reception pitching the idea that earthquakes were controlled by the planetary alignment. Okay. It was so fucking tight. He's the best. Let's <laughs> get some gravity calculators out. Yeah. <laughs> he he took a while to explain that he had a friend who had some expertise in this area. And so like he's, you know, just like like I I summed it up that, but like he's dragging a, you know, like kind of like setting up the whole thing. And so I I thought that was to be like, you know, establishing his cred the credentials of this argument. Mm -hmm. But then he gets to the end of it. We're like, so what did that guy say? He's like, oh, he didn't believe it at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he thought this was total shit. Oh. All right. All right. So, yeah, the time your dad was uh, Hubble. Yeah, yeah. So he... The bee branch lady kind of fucked up his life. Yeah, yeah. The deep field, you know, it's kind of like irrefutable proof of like 13 billion years of development of time over a long over a giant scale um so it uh he's just trying to figure out ways mathematically that he could fit six thousand years into 13.5 billion years and make them the same number and he had page it was like john nash shit just yeah, I, I don't think that he was just like of calculations that he. I guess I might be wrong. No, he he like is a book of like calcs, Does like he still have a it? ream of paper it? of calcs <laughs> that he presented after he had been up for do I don't you, know a week. Do you think that it all was math? Oh, it was all was math. I doubt it was. You don't think there's any time that he kind of dabbles into? He's sort of making up his own. Oh, he he will he he loves Euclid. So he loves logic based problems. When, I don't. He when, wasn't a Christian, <laughs> exactly. But um, therefore, statements were his favorite thing. So if he could just draw correlations between two different uh, seemingly logical mathematical proofs, then he would then say, and therefore, it means this one is the same as this one. Mm -hmm. But so each each so side could stand on their own, but they can't actually agree, except in his circular logic mind. I mean, I, I doubt that you're presenting this faithfully. Eh, you know, he thinks that. Um, I'd like to give him the platform to pitch yeah. us on. The, 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 the last time we talked about this was probably, or my dad and I talked about this was probably 15 years ago. So and maybe he's changed his mind. He, he might have changed, but at that point. I got, he had conceded that there is no difference between the universe actually being 13 and a half and change billion years old and the fact that it appears to be that. <laughs> so God either made it look like that. And so my question to then him was then why does he have to have a deception to make it everything seem like it's that old if it's only 6,000? And that was the last time we had a conversation about it. I mean, uh, easy to answer to fucking give a test to the true believers. <laughs> yeah, it's all a big faith test. Yeah. <laughs> and Everything. hey, great news. I passed. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be fucking kick ass in heaven. Hope you get there. Oh, oh he's already told me I definitely am going to be there because he was there when I was baptized when I was five years old and accepted Jesus into my heart. And... Well, no matter just, what I do now, I can't undo that. Whatever fucking lies that. you're into about the age of the earth, 
inconsequential. It doesn't matter now. I can't get out of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's tight. I mean, Once why would saved, you want to get out of saved. heaven? saved. Yeah, dude, it's tight. <laughs> I, you should find... I, I know that not all religions are that way, but all the ones that are, you should go around checking the boxes. Yeah. I mean, it would be tight to get to heaven. Yeah, that's like really extend Pascal's wager to all of it. Just cover all your bases. I don't know what that is. Well, you know, that's the... Stop trying to show off. That's the... Uh, if you believe believe because it might be true yeah even if there's no evidence because going to heaven would be pretty cool if it all turns out to be real <laughs> i mean it's just true. hedge your bets it's <laughs> a good point uh the 911 victims did they go to heaven um probably mostly most of them are purgatory right i mean i'm asking you well like unless there was last rites I don't know. I don't know if they got the clear pass. I, th I mean, I think you can do last rites. I, th you guys tend to. So I, I do recall being instructed on last rites in the CCD, mm -hmm. but uh, I don't remember all the details. And but whenever I do remember them, I, I uh, am convinced that you're not a good faith. <laughs> <laughs> presenter of what they say i think I'm, I'm there's still, i'm I think still there's using a medieval room. interpretation <laughs> there's more wiggle room than you traditionally present well i i'm just a traditionalist the way it was back in the 14th i'm sure that a, a priest got down there and did what he could do yeah 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 i'm positive of that and i think there are some some posthumous last rites that are allowed now yeah and so you know 9-11 victims pretty ripe opportunity mm -hmm. yeah uh so i uh, like i i remember one of the things that uh the true uh the guy that they had on was real hung up about was uh the towers being in free fall okay. whatever they're collapsing mm -hmm. and i recall you had uh your, your dad had sort of solved that one yeah, because it's something about like that that if it's a controlled demolition, then the like just you know the top of it as it's falling down, if it's just that it's burning, and you know some part of the supports fail, the rest of the supports are still going to be there, and so that's going to impede the fall as it's going. Right? Was there? That I was think what they were contending on. That's the what the podcast. conspiracy theorists are worried about. But your dad has answers for this. And it's it's both like the structural design of the building and just a little bit of physics. But one, um, this building was like a new type of design for when it was um, designed in the 60s. Yeah. Um, it was light gauge steel, a lot of aluminum. In order to get that tall, you have to build it really light and real thin and real like it's it would weigh too much it would start to sink into the ground if you built it with a lot of concrete and uh a lot of old galvanized steel and the types of steel they use in like the empire state building and things like that mm -hmm. um so they in order to make a structure super light but still strong um you use these things called moment connections so everything is like uh a big web of toothpicks 
that are all connected on the ends of the toothpicks. The horizontal ones are connected to the vertical ones with like a little bitty connection point, a weld that welds that thing together right there. And the way the system has strength is all of those little bitty weak connections combined together make a strong building. And then you have the second part of it, which is designing it for wind and shear and the building being able to move and shake because it's going to sway. It's a tall thing up in the sky. It's going to sway a lot. And you don't want that resonance to like go throughout the building and make people feel queasy when they're up on the top floors and things. Um, and you also don't want the building to twist in the wind, the torsion force from the wind. Uh, so uh, you use those moment connections to help give it some rigidity, but also allow it to move just enough so that um, it, because if the structure's too brittle, the wind will just snap it. Um, and so that's a very delicate balance of these tension elements all around that are all relying you know, on each other. If the wind snapped it, but on balance, probably better for humanity than what did happen. Yes. Yeah, like if we, we could have just knocked them down before then because they were poorly designed. There'd be a whole lot of Iraqi and Afghani. There'd be no still, Islamophobia associated with that. Still alive. Yeah. Saddam yeah. might still be in power. Yeah, he, yeah I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know. So Any, anyway. Sorry, you were in the middle of it. Anyway, but if um, anything interrupts those connections and messes up that harm that harmony of everything holding itself together to make it light enough so they could build it that tall um then you've created a compounding failure in the whole system mm -hmm. none none of the connections are going to resist the breaking force of the domino effect of them starting to all fail um the other part of it is the way that it was built was with this uh, main core structure in the center. Um, and then you had everything from the outside anchored back towards the middle um, through these moment connections. And when you start to, when you have those severed, those big horizontal members severed, um, the center is no longer attached to the outside. And it fell from the middle and then the middle pulled everything down. So the force of the center column coming down, pulled the outside down on top of it. So it was, looks like it's going straight down, but it, or it looks like it's free fall. It's a little bit slower than free fall. Um, but the, the reason it goes down so fast is because the building is like 99.9% .9 empty space. It's just air. There's not the, the stuff that makes up the structure that holds it up is so little of the um, space that takes up the uh, the footprint of the building. So there's not much mass to it as it starts to come apart, and there's not much mass beneath it to resist the fall of the stuff that's coming from the top. So you think that it's it's basically it's falling in a way that would be expected from yeah. a plane hitting the side of it. Yeah, and the reason that, <clears throat> part of the reason controlled demolitions look like that and the way they do it is because they are, you're putting small little charges to compromise those types of moment connections in buildings to make them have cascading failures that then make them fall. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, and so that was like, you know, I don't know. The, you, I, I listened to True and On, and they sounded convincing. And then I listened to you, and I was like, actually, you know what? I think they're probably off base on that on that point. Yeah, and they're like, if in, I remember, I have, now it's been a long time since I've looked at a bunch of this stuff. Um, I think in the reports that came out in 2003, they talked about um, this because this, it, when um, those numbers actually came out about, because there was a, a whole other deal because the building got retrofitted in like the 90s. And so there was a bunch of structural stuff that got redone because they ripped out a bunch of old things for asbestos code and they didn't, they, they just left it exposed to where it used to have like fire protection. But as part of ripping out all the old asbestos, they ripped out all the old, old fire protection and they were like, well, I mean, the what are we, gonna, we don't need the to put it back. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't put any, put another thing back because they're like, well, it's not a big concern <laughs> unless you have like what happened, happened. Um, yeah. But the, when those numbers came out in the, in the report, um, then there was like a rehash with everything being on the news again. And that was another time when my dad and uncle got together and, they actually were able to start to really run numbers in some of the design programs we had on some things. That's where it just sounds fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, because then you can see like, oh, yeah, like you, you you can just do a little very small model of knowing exactly like the it doesn't take much force to to have this have these things fall, uh, fail, which easy enough with a plane crashing to the side of the building, taking out multiple floors is gonna do that. And if you just remove that just from the system, like you have this rigid system and then you just ch take a chunk of it out just to see what happens. <laughs> yeah, so uh, what a point made by the uh, the conspiracy theorists um, is about the, the fireproofing stuff. Like it's not, the intention of American design and safety standards that if you have a fire on one of the high floors that the entire building collapses. Right. Uh, it's, it's, you know, they, they'd like it to withstand a little more than that. Right. And I think if the, if it was like a, a fire broke out in somebody's uh, trash can because Big Boss threw a lit cigar in there or something, that's not going to bring that building down. I hope not. No, I mean, it might be, it, it could be a really bad problem just evacuating people and you probably would have some people die and other things would be bad. Um, but it, the, the major structural damage that the building incurred from the planes going through it and penetrating all the way to the core of the building and wiping out those structural connections started a clock of where now ev the whole design of the balance of the tension harmony of the system was disturbed and so just like uh like a rope that's had like a little section of it cut you start to see it unravel slowly and unwind and unwind and unwind and eventually certain fibers are just going to start giving and that's what happened but the um like the fire probably made it collapse faster um because it made a lot of things weaker than they would have been not that it melted them to nothing um, but all it has to do is just weaken yeah, those yeah, connecting yeah. points just is, a little bit. 
Whatever they're saying, uh, you know, jet fuel can't melt steel beams. <laughs> that's the that's the thing they're getting at. You know, is that uh, you know the, the fire was never hot enough to just vaporize these right. Uh, they, but like, uh, you know, it's also important to remember that like jet fuel is not the only. The jet fuel got other things on fire that may burn hotter than jet fuel does, mm-hmm. and it's having some effect on the structural integrity of the metal involved. Yeah, and there's I I'm not smart enough to know. My uncle is because whenever way you're smarter talking with about the chemistry stuff, the you know the the plane hitting structurally, uh, it's it's you know setting off this chain of events. That's all well and good, but brings us around to the favorite topic of anyone involved in this entire thing. What about the building that collapsed that wasn't structurally affected by <laughs> the uh, the attacking of the planes? Building seven. Uh, and that's, that's where you need to, so like that, you know, being like, well, it, it, uh, you know, impeded the structural integrity of the building, you know, you're going to need more than that. Right. For, for building seven. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I haven't, I've, I've, we talked about this before. I haven't ever really done much digging on building seven. Hey, don't worry. I have. Or what brought it down. (laughs) Uh, I did not read the, I, I, I felt, I feel in general, I'm the kind of guy there's, there's people, your dad, that they write the rest of the report for, mm-hmm. but like those first couple pages gives you the, yeah, like I <laughs> the, don't need the, all the, the math the general summary that they do at first, and then they're like, and now we're going to explain how he came to that conclusion. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Just tell me what you found out. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, you know, I want the rest of that stuff in there in case someone wants to check it, but not me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, it's so like I, Trump's uh, tax returns. You know, you'd have to like have re- boxes and boxes of paper, extra paper. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I I read the that part of the uh, National Institute of Safety Technology. It's not safety tech. Safety and testing. Maybe NIST. Yeah. They just they come up a lot in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anytime you're talking about nine eleven stuff, the NIST report is a, a thing referenced. And it's it's the primary government body tasked with answering these questions of why did these towers collapse in response to this thing that happened. Mm-hmm. And uh, what they come up with is uh, the real big problem with Building 7 is that the collapse of the first two uh, broke the water main that was feeding the fire... Oh, for their systems. fire protection system. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Those FDC connections. I didn't even think about all that utility problems. Yeah, uh, that if if somehow, like if you had those level of fires in Building Seven, but the sprinkler system was fed and operated in the proper manner, you're probably fine. Mm-hmm. But they're right. They're rated for a fire to burn. You know, three hours. This one, whenever it got to seven hours, like you just and so that was just. Fire, you know, things that are on fire are falling off of the buildings. They hit building seven. I had a very, I mentioned some of this stuff on Twitter and uh, had an interaction with a guy that was, you know, as satisfying as any like person coming to you on Twitter. He was just like, you know, with building seven, he's like, it was never even on fire. (laughs) And so I just sent him a picture of it on fire. And then he was like, well, but, and I'm like, you've lost your credibility, brother. Like, I don't want to hear. From a guy who's like, it was pretty easily like fully refuted, uh, you know, whatever. I'm not here to defend. I'm not here to attack the, I'm here to find out what really happened. 
I I hope the conspiracy theorists are right. You know, <laughs> everyone knows my <laughs> thing at this the point. The world will be so so much more interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it's about. Yeah, you know, like you want to live in like a rich detail. And the good news for the people who want that is sometimes that's the world you do live in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so I was I listened to a podcast. Uh, whenever I was talking about the Building Seven stuff, so a listener uh, replied and said you should check out. Um, the podcast, the name of the podcast is Well, There's Your Problem. Okay. You like that as an engineer? You're not an engineer. I want to be clear. No, I'm not. I'm uh, not an engineer. Not even a college graduate? No, not even a college graduate. Nothing more than a high school degree? Still, It's still 18 hours away. Well, I guess, I, could I say I have an associate's if I'm only 18 hours away? That's not me? how it works. Okay. And I think you know that. <laughs> um. And uh, yeah, so they I, they got like a three hour show on uh, on nine eleven, and uh, I listened to it. Is it it's it's great. It's it happens to be released around the same time, and they briefly make reference to the true non stuff. Mm-hmm. But they're they I think that they had heard at least some of them had heard it uh, the true non thing, but they're not like trying. It's not like a direct response. It's not like trying to go point by point, which is nice, you know, like that they're just sort of like. You know, we'll take all of this in and then we'll sort of present, you know, here's what we have to say about the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and uh, I don't know, man. It's it, I, I find their work to be more convincing. Um, yeah, they're, they're saying a lot of the stuff that you just said, you know. Um, and they, they don't get to Building 7 too much. Uh, the, the NIST report is, uh, is more helpful there. I, I don't think they even mentioned the, the fire. They, they briefly say, like... It was rated for a fire lasting this long, but it what? But this fire lasted that long. They don't. They just didn't get into why, and it's because mm-hmm. uh, the water, you know, to the sprinklers was disrupted by the the attack. Yeah, yeah. Um, another thing in the Truanon stuff that where I was like, whoa, hold on, uh, is as in like this is you're always just kind of looking for like the stuff you you feel sure you can stand on, right? Yeah, yeah. Like they're throwing out a lot of arguments and you don't have to believe all of them. But if you can get a couple where you're like, okay, someone's going to have to fucking talk me off of this. Mm-hmm. They were talking about how, and you got to have like a couple of those. Cause like, you know, any one thing, you know, can sort of be picked apart. But like, if you got two or three things where you're like, I feel positive that this happened, then that's something to, to go on. Um, but so one of those was there was a guy who was working in the basement that uh, one of his coworkers ran in, uh, just like totally burned, and the planes didn't hit the basement, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas, you know, their their allegation that a bomb was set off in the basement. As far as a guy being burned, how did he get burned? You know, more likely to me that a bomb went off in the basement than that, uh, you know, the, the way that they presented it, it was very incredulous, you know, like, so you just mean to tell me that the jet fuel fell 90 stories to burn this guy? Like, <laughs> uh, and I don't know, it all sounded pretty good, but I, I did, that was another one. It was another thing where I was like, okay, I'm going to have to learn more about that. Yeah. Like that, it just seems like an interesting avenue into the whole thing. So let's let's get some more info. So he's a real guy. He's a hundred percent a real guy. Absolutely, the guy that got burned. That you know, I I don't remember his name, but he has a name. I can mm-hmm. look it up for you. I read it this week. Um, and then the guy who witnessed the whole thing, he's a real guy too. 
Um, but uh, the guy itself, I mean, I don't just the the dude who's reporting all this stuff just seems too excited to be in the center of it. Okay, because he also, which like it's sort of immaterial because you know the guy exists, right? So mm-hmm. he's not making up the story entirely. Um, but that the dude, uh, whenever some of the terrorists came out, he was like, "Yeah, I saw him. He was he was just hanging around checking out the building. I saw him." Okay, and that seems to me like a classic dude who's just too excited. Yeah, what just wants to be. I'm gonna involved. be part of the story. Yeah, yeah. Which you know that's fine. I want to be in the mix too. I mean, the guy from the league. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. I uh, the, the most famous. I just want to be part of the story guy from nine eleven. <laughs> yeah, I watched him on Howard Stern. Howard like questioning him about that. I think that's. I think I'm pretty sure that's who it was that was interrogating him about this whole thing. That was very. It was interesting. Yeah. You know, it was kind of like he shows up to New York or he shows up to L.A. He moves out to L.A. I think it's in somewhat inspired by. You know, like, I got to get this together. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, just as a non entirely non-famous person, just trying to get, like, any time at the comedy store. And people are like, oh, you just came from New York? What, you know, were you, were you, did you know anyone? And he's like, oh, yeah. Me? (laughs) Yeah. And then just by the time you're on the show, you've been telling people for years. Yeah. And, like, obviously, it's a shitty thing to do, the first one. But, like, it's just so much smaller stakes. Right. But the stakes are still pretty high. What do you mean? Because, like, the of that lie. <clears throat> like, you could, you could lie and say, like, you were close. or But to say you, like, were in the building. Yeah. And, like, rode down with the building. <laughs> I mean, I think that, did he say that? Yeah. He was the riding down the building and survived guy. That's tough. That's tough. Just be like, yeah, I was working that day and then they told me to get out and I did. Yeah. And man, it was crazy leaving all the sirens. I still remember the dust in the air, whatever. (laughs) Could never be me. You know, like I'm, I'm pathologically like honest about stuff, you know, like I'm honest whenever it's against my interests at times, you know, and I mean, whatever, I do have the same like trying to make the story a little nicer but like Mm -hmm. on the edges and then whenever i do i get like you know i don't know i i whatever um but i just it's it's tough whenever like you're just trying to get them to pay attention to you in any way and like they're so far from wanting to pay attention right 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 you know like it's these people at the comedy store they're like you know that they're you know they like their whole fucking life is built around not giving a shit about the new people that come into the comedy store Mm -hmm. you know like that's a key part of what they're doing and you get this lever by which you can i wouldn't have done it but you know it's an interesting thing when it's just all anytime there's a big lie i just love knowing all the details you know how did we get here yeah yeah um it's interesting stuff. It just yeah, it teaches you a lot about human nature. A lot of the things you see of people in the public eye is things that they have carefully selected for you to see. Whenever they get exposed by a big lie, now none of it's carefully selected for you to see. And mm-hmm. You can start getting into interesting stuff. I don't know. That's what I think. Um, but yeah, so uh, this this guy seemed like a little too eager. The uh, the one who witnessed and. The, I think that in the I, I I could have the details wrong. I think in True and On they're presenting it as he was like I heard a bomb and then I saw this guy run in. 
in the Wikipedia, he's like, I heard a rumbling that it, it just sounded like he heard a plane hit the tower. Yeah, know? yeah. Um, and I, I think that there is some amount of like agreed upon the explosion. It's not necessarily like jet fuel fell down the thing, but just like whenever it hits, there's an explosion. I mean, like you, you watch the video, you can see mm -hmm. how much of an explosion there is. Oh it's, yeah. It's a lot. And like some of it, you know, the parts that are, are near an elevator shaft, like it just doesn't have anywhere to go. Mm -hmm. So like, I think that there was just like a fireball down the elevator shaft. And this oh, guy yeah. did get there's probably a it. big pressure, uh, big pressure ball that went down. Yeah. And it might not, it might not have actually been the liquid fuel or whatever, but it's yeah. just heat. Yeah. Yeah. And this guy did get burned by it. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm still quite. I don't think that the fact that you know some of the more outlandish, like like as I'm listening to the true and on stuff, I'm I'm rating the likelihood of each new thing that I'm being presented with, mm -hmm. and I'm like all of the physical evidence around the building that day. That stuff I'm giving a pretty low rating. Some of this other, I mean, like the claims of like you know that the these guys were on fbi watch list like that's just fucking the the truth you know? yeah 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 like that's that's an agreed upon fact by everyone involved yeah you know so like uh some of this it's it's not like the fact that what i regarded as the least believable evidence has turned out to be uh incorrect that doesn't make me feel like I need to just go and question every single thing about this, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, this is the stuff I was shaky on. This, the fact that, you know, it just proves that I was right to, be, to you know, think that this was shaky. Uh, my, my evidence regarding skills, I still feel fine about. And so, you know, the stuff, like, uh, you know, what I, like, it just, it seems bad to me. The, the, like, because the, the, Sorry, I think I'm a. We had a delicious breakfast, but I guess it was long enough ago. I'm feeling pretty low blood sugar. Okay. So that's why I'm talking so weird. You're good. Um, <clears throat> but like, uh, in the uh, well, there's your problem podcast. They like uh, sort of nod at what everyone knows about how bad the intelligence failures mm. were. But the st issue the standard line of like you know never attribute to malice what it could be explained by incompetence yeah uh, in like fair enough but I don't think anyone's really saying it's malice it's opportunism you know of like they did have the Patriot Act written you know like everyone that's right. that's another one of those agreed upon facts yeah uh, and then immediately it was boilerplate that was ready to go yeah and it's it's a very like dense complicated document by design like the the one of the central innovations of the patriot act is that it's not anything of like here are the new laws it's going into every previous law that had stopped a uh, agency from doing something and then being like you know this modifies you know section c mm -hmm. of like rule two of whatever so whenever you like read the thing like you'd have to do like a fucking graduate course on what it means uh, because of like that. And so like, that's not the kind of thing that you can slap together. It's made to be opaque so that it can't be challenged. It wants to establish, like it's, it's made by people who understand how the government works from having been inside of it and like are trying to exploit it. Like they've run into the barriers of the government stopping them before. 
and they know they've found out a way to like make it so that they can't stop them anymore and no one else comes back afterwards and like takes this back from them you know like it's right. it's a very like it's people who understand how this particular sort of power will works making it to be as durable as it could possibly be it just it takes a lot of time to put something like that together and, and then if, you have to wait for the inflection point to happen where congress is going to pass it like no questions asked <laughs> yeah which are <laughs> like, not even going to drill hard. down on anything that doesn't or come try along to every pork day barrel it or do whatever else they want to do with it and so if you are the guy that's like you know employing the dudes who are on on this team and you find out that like something's coming that makes it so that it'll be super easy to pass this. Are you like, oh no, let me do everything I can to stop that. Right. I don't know. Like, did you read Looming Tower? I read some of it and then uh, realized that I, it's hard. May, you know, maybe this is, maybe, maybe I don't need to defend myself against charges of racism because what I'm saying is racist. Maybe I just am a racist. I'm open to that idea. <laughs> it was a difficult book to read because I can't keep the fucking name straight. If they just name them fucking Tim and John, I could read this book all day. <laughs> that, like, I, I just got done with Free Body Problem, uh, Justin's recommendation. And uh -huh. I love the book, but it, it is tough. It, I, of course, listening to audio audiobook but it is tough with all the chinese names for me to keep a lot of characters straight even after like in the third part of the trilogy remembering like oh yeah oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah that's that other guy <laughs> what i've started to do is uh and i just didn't have this innovation when i tried to read the looming tower and i, I guess i'd have to start over um is whenever there's just going to be a lot of names thrown at me that i know i'm not gonna remember their significance all as my bookmark my bookmark will just be a piece of paper that I just like write down a note that I'm going to remember about mm -hmm, that. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I probably could apply that now, but I, I didn't then. And I was just like, I, I don't have any fucking clue what's going on. <laughs> like it's in any sentence, if you don't know the proper nouns in the sentence, like if they yeah, just mean yeah, nothing yeah, to yeah, you, yeah. it's hard to read. Yeah. Or, or, and keep any track. Cause that's really asking you to keep these threads yeah. going through and then, and understand where they intersect and all that type of thing. And if you don't remember which one was which, it's kind of it's kind of tough. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know all the stuff about like there's a CIA station that like the on paper purpose was to coordinate info about Bin Laden and, and Al Qaeda, and people who understand intelligence have looked at this and they're like, I don't know if it's functioning the way that like you would actually want it to for that. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, it, it seems to me quite possible that the purpose of that was like, yeah, we've got an idea that some things are going on. We want guys who understand our objectives here to have control of this information. So yes, route it to that station where the dudes who know, you know, like how we're handling this, which is to not work that hard to impede it <laughs> like just you know send all the memos to them yeah like they'll control so then it's not like every single agent in the fbi is being told actually we're fine with 9-11 it's every single person's being told give it to this guy and this and guy they just knows. need one person to obstruct that's if all we that's... had something that made it so that we could pass the patriot act i mean 9-11 is the best thing that ever happened. This is in the True and Non podcast. They make this point, but I don't know. Dude, consider it. Turn it over in your mind. It's the best thing that ever happened in George's Bush's life. Yeah. 
I mean, you know, uh, the, the, the composition of the Supreme Court in November of 2000 is pretty helpful, too. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like it's it's just it's really, really good <laughs> for yeah, him. I, the you know, I, I think a lot of the stuff for me is the human tendency to want to make the narrative make the most sense. I want the I want the story that makes the most sense because that's the one that's probably going to be the one that I yeah that, that yeah. comforts me or or like makes me think that the world you know makes yeah. sense and it's not just a bunch of random shit that happens and people take advantage of coincidences all the time which is often tough because you know the world is very chaotic I'm I'm open to the idea the world's chaotic I you know I mean I, I think there's uh certain beauty in that too right well yeah but that is the thing the the sort of unraveling itch that i think all humans have and like maybe the ones that are way far into like QAnon and stuff like have it way more but i think all of us have it of being of being like oh wait a second i can see these connections in these dots and i can go back in time and i can see how that would have set up this thing because that's how history unfolded. So then you're like, ah, oh, so it did set this up. So they must have had some prior knowledge to set this thing up, to set that move up. And then you keep moving back. And then the conspiracy gets bigger and bigger and bigger as you keep moving back in time. Because it all makes sense. Because it obviously pre- set up the next thing that happened in the event timeline. Yeah. And I mean, the the stuff with like, uh, you know, Bush and the uh, Bin Laden family, I don't know. It's interesting, and I think it's I think it's important in some degree to understanding everything, but like uh, mostly not in the way that conspiracy theorists intend. Because, uh, like, you know, I I don't think I know enough about this to be certain. I I, I I'm open to the idea that like people with more information could come along and, and correct my understanding here. But my current understanding is that. Bin Laden was, you know, he's the black sheep of his family. Mm-hmm. Like he, you know, he's he's ostracized from Saudi Arabia. Yeah, like he he doesn't like them, you know, and they don't like him. Like in the way that you know, like just if you guys got an uncle that like you know is like fuck yeah. those guys, <laughs> everyone in his family sucks. He's the Tiffany Trump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think that she's like that uh, animus about it. But whatever you learn, I. For a long time, just thought it was funny. He didn't mention Tiffany. Then I saw some kind of like thing on Tiffany. Oh, it was the Oprah. Mm-hmm. Whenever he was, whenever the whole family was on Oprah. Yeah. They do a special little vignette about Tiffany. She never met the guy. <laughs> <laughs> like she just was raised by a single mom out in California. And like every once in a while, you know, like, yeah. He sent her a card with a, with a so check in it on her birthday. I don't think she's mad about it. I think it's just like, whatever. I got a deadbeat dad. Like, <laughs> I got a cool mom. You know, we'll we'll hang out. I got my friends in LA. Like, no big deal. Yeah, I'm sure she has more complicated feelings about it than that. But it's not like, like the, the sort of thing I'm talking about, you kind of have to be around the people enough to like generate an animosity. Yeah. Like, you know, there's a certain kind of hatred that only comes from close quarters. And I don't know. I, I now I'm like wandering way far into. Yeah, I, I don't know the Bin Laden family enough. But like, the picture in my head is like, yeah, dude. And the whole thing of like uh, the Saudi government assisting. Like, whenever people are like, you know, there's a lot of Saudi people in those planes. 
uh, is this a Saudi thing? You know, like the the joke that or the <laughs> joke what what the Saudis what that Saudi Twitter account's getting at whenever they threatened Canada to blow up the CN Tower. Mm-hmm. You remember that? No. There was some time that Canada made some kind of tweet, and like some like lightly government affiliated Saudi account was like, <laughs> you know, beautiful CN Tower you got there. Shame if anything happened to it. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> like don't fuck with us <laughs> oh man the interns running the government accounts <laughs> yeah <laughs> having fun <laughs> uh but like like you know bin laden like al-qaeda gets where they get because he's opposed to the saudi government like the, he's yeah you know and and they're like the this way would, that this would be like been uh, in cahoots with the u.s government yeah yeah of like this would be like uh people being like oh you're uh you're abby hoffman the american he stands for america no he hates america you know like or hates the people in power yeah, yeah. uh i don't think he does hate america I he, think loves he loves it that's america. why he wears that shirt yeah i love america um and uh it's like you know yeah the, the whole thing is that you know after um, you know, the, the first Gulf War happens, there's briefly a military presence in the Middle East that it had not previously existed in, in support of the, the Gulf War actions. And then whenever the Gulf War ends, the military presence becomes permanent. Yeah, and, they, they build a permanent base that's the size of the Vatican. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, like, yeah, we could we just kind of need F-16s here all the time. <laughs> yeah, and Bin Laden feels that American military presence in 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 the Holy Land is uh, undue, and so he blows up the embassy in Kenya to try and make this point, and that's when shit gets really bad for him. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's when Saudis like, I don't care if your dad's your dad. Like we're gonna make this a fucking problem for you. And he goes from living, you know, posh lifestyle. Like, I think he'd been out of, like, I think he was in Kenya, right? He's in some mm-hmm. part of Africa um, whenever all that goes down. But he was like, you know, living a rich Saudi expat life. Yeah, yeah. And penthouse and all the all the stuff. Yeah. And then, then he's, that's when you get to, you know, the less appealing parts of Afghanistan. Never really the uh, cave network. I, yeah, I don't know that he spent a night in a cave. No, I don't think so. But uh, you know, it's it's a it's a real down step in his lifestyle, and that's when he starts to you know really have some resentments he's harboring. So you know, I mean, like I I would love to know more about the details in a in an honest fashion from uh, the uh, uh, whatever. This is all this stuff I got to explain like twenty levels, and I'd sound crazier every one that I <laughs> go in, but. The, the guys who were on the watch list, the, the San Diego pilots, mm-hmm. like those are the ones where it's like everyone knew, like they're, you know, there's two dudes living in San Diego. There's a guy that uh, appeared to set them up with everything that they needed in San Diego, and he's a Saudi citizen. And I think that he's some amount of like clearly government connected. Um, and here's a fun fact. Uh, I believe that it's him... I know there's a person that's all connects all this, but I, I think it's the Saudi guy that uh, you know supplied the two pilots in San Diego. Uh, also, was the landlord for uh, Heaven's Gate. Really? Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. So that clearly could be like, isn't this funny evidence of how insane the world is? Yeah. Could, uh, I could understand like. Saudi sending uh, 
Saudi government sending a person to acquire a bunch of properties in California as they try to, you know, get land and whatever. That, yeah. that makes a lot of sense. And it would ha just so happen that or what this if, cult was like, we need a big house. <laughs> what if, uh, you know, the intelligence community, what if the FBI wanted a bunch of properties in, in there to do various things with? And they had a couple different ideas. And they're like, what if this comet Hale-Bob thing is real? We want to just be, we want to have tabs on it just in case. Yeah, I don't know. I, I like kind of half looked into it and I don't remember the details. So this is not the podcast where I'm going to try and propose that I'm positive that the Heaven's Gate was a government conspiracy, but you know, I don't know. Do your own research. <laughs> the government castrated all those guys. Now I am really starting to sound nuts. So let's scale back from that. Forget I said anything Forget about, about Heaven's Gate. Forget about the Heaven's Gate's Gate. bit. <laughs> uh, the, the guy that set them up... Um, he received a large payment from Prince, uh, Prince Bandar's wife. Prince Bandar yes. uh, is the man that broke up the uh, Jimmy Jones. Yes. Or Jimmy. Jim Jones. <laughs> Jimmy Johnson, Jerry Jones relationship by uh, being in the Cowboys We got to have him room. in the locker room. Yeah. Because, He's a prince. Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously that's a Jerry oil money. Yeah. Have a close relationship with. They the, got oil over there too. They do have oil over there. And it would be very helpful for Jerry <laughs> if they had a positive opinion about him. And so, you know, we'll come and show you. And he's also the uh, Saudi ambassador. How is it that Charlotte didn't end up married into the Saudi family? She's not married into a Saudi family. But I'm, that's what I'm saying is how did that oh, not end not? up? Yeah, how did Jerry question. not end up arranging so, some way for Charlotte to be married into a Saudi oil family? I mean, hey, being in love with John Bon Jovi gets a lot of the similar things. Mm -hmm. Not the same things, but, you know, it's got its own perks um but uh yeah so prince bandar's wife sent a bunch of money to the guy who uh was setting them up so is that you know i mean like i don't know dude you know if if you believe that uh that was to help like medical costs of a saudi citizen in need then you got a bridge in arizona to sell you or whatever <laughs> you know i don't know um it just seems like you'd, you'd be a little silly to to just like take what the the Saudi government officials telling you on that one. Yeah, but like I said, it doesn't really make sense. I mean, like you could have like you know factions within the Saudi government that are like they're more sympathetic to these dissidents than than other. But it's important to understand. Or what if uh, what if the guy who's the agent for the Saudi government is a double agent and he's you know, trying to stick it to the Saudi government by helping out Osama. Yeah. Like, that's, it's kind of like, uh, you know, in, in World War II, like the, the Germans had spies, but by like the time D-Day rolled around, like almost every single one of the German spies had become a double agent against Germany. <laughs> yeah. They've been flipped. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, all this stuff, are, like there's the there's a whole separate thing of like a, a lot of the 9-11 families have fought to learn what the Saudi government knew and have been stymied in ways that are very suspicious. Like, you know, if they if the FBI did a full investigation and found that the Saudi government didn't know anything, then they would have released that you mm -hmm. know, promptly. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I, I think there's probably stuff because they want to be able to sue the Saudis, the 9-11. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, and you know, I, I, I think that they're probably would have more of a case if the intelligence agencies would be transparent about what they discovered. Um, but I, I don't know. It's just, it's just it's so important to understand that bin Laden is aligned against the, the people officially in charge, you know, like the, the, right. Any country, any government, it's going to have a lot of arms and tentacles. And like, so maybe like one of the ones down here that like could still be legally liable, um, you know, like had, you know, did whatever thing, but it's, it's not like the, the white house, you know? Well, and what is the incentive? What is the incentive for the United States to come out and say with intelligence that, yeah, there was some funds that looked like it came from the Saudi government that funded this attack. Then you're basically saying, yeah, Saudi Arabia participated in a, in a, in a basically a declaration of war against our country. That's thorny. That doesn't that. serve anyone's purpose. Yeah, I no, like, it's not good. Like 9-11 victims, families, you're probably not going to get money out of Saudi even if we do make a report that says that they did fund some of this. Yeah. Like what court is going to be like, okay, we command the Saudi royal family has to pay this money and then they're, who's going to compel them to do that? Yeah. But yeah, I was, I was starting down this whole thing because I was talking about the connections between the Bushes and the Bin Ladens, of which there are many. Um, but like, I, I just think that sort of nods at like the, you know, um, the capitalist class, the, oh, yeah. you know, the, the world order. Um, and I don't, you know, like, I, I think that it, like, it sort of suggests that not really that like Bush would be working with, but more that he would be like, you know, kind of aware of and sort of have a certain amount of derision feelings for Osama bin Laden, you know, like if he, if he loves the bin Laden Saudi group, then yeah. Or maybe they're I don't know. Did, did the Bin member. Laden family were they also professional sports team owners? I think it's pretty a recent innovation in the Saudi space. Okay. Big time sports investing. I didn't know if they might have bonded over that. No, no, I don't think so. I certainly don't think they invested in the Rangers. <laughs> they were too busy trying to get get their toe in with the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think they wanted to own part of the cowboys i think they just thought it was cool you know? yeah 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 i mean if you got the chance obviously it was a pretty exclusive privilege it only happened the once and that's why jimmy was so pissed about it mm -hmm. so because jimmy's a racist you just would just love to know hates saudi arabians what jerry knew and when he knew it about 9-11 you think he got a heads up do you think that the owner of the building got a heads up no just a lot of suspicious stuff I don't think he got a heads up. He got like $4 billion. Well, yeah. And we all had to like, they had they had uh, terrorism insurance written into mandatory requirements for professional liability insurance for companies so fast after 9-11. Yeah. <laughs> like all like our renewal the next year had a huge increase because we had this big terrorism insurance clause now. How likely? <laughs> is it really <laughs> they're not coming after here that was certainly the talk around school i think we were pretty focused on the military uh aspects of fort worth and they were like if they nuke fort worth we're probably going down too <laughs> hope we, they don't like they closed utd after we like oh, did the whole period we did like we went 
No one's class. trying to hurt UTD. After the um, second even tower if, been hit. And even if the Muslims decided that the... Uh, whatever, I'm sorry. I don't mean the... That's a very <laughs> bad use of language. Even if Al-Qaeda decided that the University of Texas system was a big threat. <laughs> UTD is not fucking coming under fire. Come on. No, I think I think what happened was it was like a cascading thing because there was a call for all government employees and buildings to be shut down. And then because it was a public university, then that ended up, they shut that down for precautionary reasons and it was just everything went. Slowly yeah, throughout guess. the day, everything got closed. Yes. Uh, the guy who owned the towers... I, you know, I, whatever, maybe I shouldn't, and I don't place full faith in the conspiracy theorists to tell me, uh, everything straight, but it's certainly my impression. And I feel like this is one of the stronger, you know, things is just that, uh, he, he hadn't, he had a, a morning meeting in the towers all the time that like he hadn't missed for years and mm -hmm. he missed it he wasn't in them and you know whenever like asked about why he was like you know I had a dentist appointment or something it was one of those kinds of things of like okay buddy yeah <laughs> thanks <laughs> thanks for lying to me um and like just all the insurance stuff around i mean i don't know dude i i that's a pretty far but just like you could see how he would be probably a pretty connected guy and like if the, if words kind of floating around you know he's like we stop it i i, I don't know i i'm hearing myself and uh <laughs> I, I feel like i'm losing support by the things i'm saying yeah i doubt so i don't know i'm just i'm open to asking questions just occam's razor on that one i would it seems much more likely that he would have had a once in five years missing of that meeting than he was tipped off to planes were coming he just yeah, I mean, it doesn't even have to be planes coming though. You know, it's just like, hey, your buildings won't be here in the morning. Like, and firm up your insurance. Don't make a big deal out of it, <laughs> and just don't be around this day. And he's he would know in his mind instantly that would mean probably thousands of people would be dying because he did firm up his insurance. Yeah, well, and the thing like right before <laughs> you got to renew all the time <laughs> every year. <laughs> I think it was something more than that, but I don't. I don't know. I don't know. That is a lot of this stuff. I need to do more more research. And but I can only kind of like before. the way that I work is I got to get like these big points off my plate, which by this point in the podcast we've already done. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm just kind of in this stuff that I'm. Yeah, I'm gonna, you're, you're pushing the peas around the the <laughs> the plate. I'm gonna do more. Well, I gotta I gotta get this off, and then I can load it back up. I can mm -hmm. go back to the the golden corral, you know. And I'm in the, so this is I see over there. <laughs> there's some chicken over there. I'm going after. Not ready to go to the dessert bar. Uh, there's yet. some facts about the owner of the building that I need to, but now that my plate's cleared, I got room for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a funny Marco TikTok I watched recently where he he, he had the innovation of uh, he'd gotten a radio, like a two way, you know, mm -hmm. um, and at Golden Corral, like walked up to a guy who was getting his second plate. It was <laughs> like, "Hey, man, you you like our food?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good." He's like, "Okay, well, you're gonna have to slow down." <laughs> you're eating too much of it and he's like it goes on the radio he's like yeah I'm, I'm with the guy now what'd you want to say to him <laughs> he's like damn man leave, leave stuff for everyone else <laughs> and the guy the guy was you know as you might imagine he's fucking pissed yeah 
and in the the thing that got me is Marco must have been watching him the whole time because he was like, and you got jello on your first run. What's up with that? Getting jello first? <laughs> you start, yeah. Who's who, there's no rules. Who's to say you can't have a little dessert to just, you know, get your palate started? They got a couple rules, is what, what he's trying to inform this guy. <laughs> it's not my rule, it's the restaurant's rule. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Do you have anything you wanted to talk about? No, no. I think uh I think you convinced me. I don't think I did. Well, I mean, <laughs> the thing I'm saying is that. I'm not. I I think that those towers fell down because of build because uh, a plane hit them. Oh yeah. So that, that was that's my primary thrust. Yeah, yeah, of the, and I th- I think it was good the, the way episode. that you did it because I you know at the beginning when you were talking to me about this you know a few months ago, it was like how could it fall in this the footprint the size of the building would fall in the footprint that was left like wouldn't it be a much bigger mound of leftover debris and. You had all those true and non questions. I mean, I think you, know, you got them I, all answered. I, yeah, yeah. I I feel good about my process. You know, like I, I I kept an open mind throughout. You know, like I listened to their stuff. I had an open mind, and that it led me to ask some more questions. And then, like, I feel like I answered those in a largely satisfactory. I answered enough of those satisfactorily that I was like, I feel like we, I feel like we got to the bottom of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like we looked into this. We didn't let the government slide on anything. <laughs> We're watching you, but as a result of watching you, we don't think you, allegedly that they put like nanothermite, like it's just such a big operation. Yeah. That was really one of the things they were hammering home on uh, the, well, there's your problem. And that was uh, just, their whole thing is nice because it's not like it's some like uber patriots of which I am one. Mm. Uh, If you hear this, Joe yeah 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 <laughs> big patriot over here um that uh they're like they're like they're like fellow leftists you know like they're it's other leftists people who like broadly are like i think that the government the true anon wants is a good idea like mm-hmm. that they're coming in and being like because they're all uh like tradesmen and stuff yeah yeah they're involved in like you know they're like I, you know one of the guys like i done a demolition job this is some information about that I can bring the bear, that sort of thing, you know? So, like, mm-hmm. it's very, like, expert-heavy. It's good. It was good. So, I don't know. That I'm just mainly here. My primary thing to report is that uh, it sure looks like it was the planes that brought down the towers. Now, I think that you should continue to ask some questions about who knew what and when. Oh, yeah. But, okay, you're with me on that? I'm with you on that. Okay. And, but right. I do... It felt like you might have been my, a little my angle, My angle on that is still I chalk it up more to, one, part of the way that America operates with these changing of regimes every four years and this clash of information where people are like, oh, no, that was what they said. So I'm just fucking not going to listen to any of that. <laughs> a lot of that bury your head in the sand, willful ignorance bullshit that goes on and plus incompetence like you know it just you're saying all that but like the the thing to know cheney and rumsfeld their their existence is like in somewhat contravention of this idea that like government changes a lot like they've been plugging away doing this the whole time oh no what i'm saying is because it changes a lot the ability to have good oversight over anything that might be like if the CIA is running an op that's going 
you know, multiple decades. Yeah. The ability to have any general comprehensive oversight of that by what we claim is our country's okay, leadership yeah, 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 is yeah. tough because there yeah. is no continuity. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the, uh, have you ever seen The Good Shepherd? No. Because, you know, separately, obviously, all of this is, I've, I've been looking into the CIA. I'm trying to get some accountability here. Yeah. Uh, it's it's great. It's a great movie. Uh, it's uh, Matt Damon playing a character loosely based on the idea of Jim Angleton, the CIA okay. uh, counterintelligence chief for, you know, most of the... Oh, pro- is this the one where it's black and white? Or is no. it black and white? No, it's not black and white. It's set then, but it's in color. Okay. Um, and it's it just really captures the, like, attitude of the people doing this stuff. And, like, I... I, I, I I would anticipate that the CIA maybe has done less changing than I would like, but like just as a culture, like does like grow and move and everything. And so this is more like at the inception of the agency, you know, mm-hmm. whenever it's starting off. Like like he he works for the OSS initially, and then you know whenever they come back from war, they're like, all right, we got to do this for real all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just it is. To anyone who looks at it, remarkable the degree to which all of these guys are fucking wasps, Ivy League wasps. Oh yeah, you know, like that's that's the thing they're doing. And so there's there's like a line in the movie where like he, like uh, it's uh, directed by uh, De Niro and he's briefly in it. Um, and he he like he writes for himself the line of like, you know, we're putting together a group. Certainly no blacks, no Jews. <laughs> I'm the only Catholic. <laughs> and like, it's just, it's a group of people that have like a certain arrogance about like, like kind of every group thinks that like, this is real life. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if we could just have, get everyone to finally pull the wool over their, off their eyes, they would figure out what we already know. Yeah, yeah. Of like, yeah, there's... There's a bunch of people on the planet, but like the only ones like really like live in life, that's us. Yeah. And I, I think that everyone feels that way in a certain way. Like, you know, that, that uh, I was watching a TikTok of a, a group of African Americans talking about the way that white people talk. And like mm-hmm. it, it, that, it was like, and uh, you know, it was hilarious. And I, I think it's great. I support that sort of thing. Um, we do talk funny. <laughs> uh and uh like i, I all their whatever they're laughing i'm laughing you know yeah um but like uh it's it, it kind of the implication and again i'm not saying this in like a critical way just an observatory one uh is that like you know the, like that's it's a silly version of life that they're living yeah like they're all acting out like a play it's artifice it's not it's not real like what we do yeah. Um, so I, I just, it's, you know, evidence of that attitude, but whatever, there's a group that does actually control, not just like America, but like the governments of countries you've never heard of. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, they have that attitude, like then it's fucking nuts. Then crazy things happen. And it really captures the degree and flavor of, 
you know the, the these partic- this particular group of wasps uh, the the they have like a thing where like Joe Pesci pops up for two seconds as like a mob boss that the CIA is working with. It's not a primary storyline. You kind of almost wonder why they include it, except for to have a speech which is on YouTube that I encourage everyone to go find. Just type in like Joe Pesci, uh, the Good Shepherd, and like it'll mm-hmm. pop up. Where Pesci's like sitting with uh, Damon, and he's like, you know, I've been meaning to ask you guys something. Like uh, us Italians, you know, like we got the, we got the church, and like the Irish, you know, they got their homeland. Like everyone's got their thing. You know, he's like, even the blacks got music. <laughs> it's like a little bit of a thin premise, you know. It's like, but like you, you get what he's getting yeah, at. Yeah, to yeah, a certain, yeah. Like you really do. What What is your grounding principle? He, he's like, you guys, you don't got your. Th- what's your thing? And like, whatever you think about it, it's like, yeah, dude. It's just power. Uh, and Damon <laughs> fucking looks and looks and dead in the eyes. He's like, "What's our thing? United States of America. The rest of you are visiting." <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 and like and yeah, when he dude. says united states of america he means a very small segment of the country <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and like that's like it's it's not true you know like i'll fight to the death uh the, the notion of what he's saying you know like yeah, yeah it's mine it's not his you know like or it's his as much as it's mine but like it's fucking mine yeah uh it, but like uh you know it, it's certainly capturing what they think and I don't know, you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> the, to think that those people would move their chess pieces around the board in a dispassionate way that disregarded the lives of thousands of Americans is not impossible for me to get to. Oh, right, right. That's all I'm saying. Right. I think they do do that. Anyways, I appreciate your time. Absolutely. I was happy to join you. Yeah, man. Happy to make another J-named podcast for you. This is fun. <laughs> all right. Yeah, listen to Josh's podcast. You want to promote oh, yeah, the yeah. show? Riding the Taurus. That's what it's called. We talk about science. Yeah. Ballroom Blitz is coming back on the on the Blow Up Podcast Network. So you guys are kind of getting knocked down in the pecking order. Okay. You know, that's fine. But I I'll, I like to post right after Tony posts because it's a nice lead into our podcast. Yeah. We, we yeah, get yeah. to carry over Just that big people, audience. Blowouts out there. Yeah. 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 All right. Cool, man. See ya. That's it for tonight. The high school special is next. So until tomorrow, for everyone who's been a part of this one, I'm TC and Jake. We do thank you for watching. Good night.